Hey, Al. Hey, Barry. So the Barbarian has 24 gold pieces and takes half of them. What does the rogue get? 1d12 damage. Fuck you! <laughs> it's time for Compelled Duel. To Capel Duel. I'm Barry. And I'm Al. And we are a co DM'd single player Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. So last week we had some fun after our five year <laughs> time skip in which Layerl Valsine proceeded to be a massive fuck up, uh, surprising exactly nobody. So this week we are actually jumping back, uh, still five year time skip, but we are jumping back to Australia to see what Ferrara has been up to. Oh boy. You know, I have more faith in her than I do in Leo, so... That's fair. But also, that's not saying a lot. (laughs) So let's get down to it, shall we? Woo! Fee, all things considered, you're having a pretty nice day so far. Currently, you are sitting in a nice, steamy pool of water in Australian royal baths. It is a large cavernous area down near the ground floor of the palace. There is a huge dome of beautiful stained glass overhead. It is a lush environment. There's lots of plants down here, a paved stone walkway that goes down to uh, several of the pools that are sitting kind of all in a row next to each other down at the bottom of this kind of sunken in place at the bottom of the palace. Bathing is a huge thing in Australia. It's kind of a popular, like, social pastime. Most Australians actually take, like, three baths a day if they can. So you're just relaxing, chilling out. Uh, There's nobody else really down here with you, save for behind a beautiful carved wooden privacy screen that you have stretched out behind you, you hear a kind of sassy tenor voice from around the other side say, I would remind Her Highness that uh, she's going to get pruny pretty soon if she doesn't hurry up. And also, we're going to be late. Fee says, oh, shit, and looks around for some kind of time piece to figure out what time it is. There's actually a big sundial set into the floor of the baths because it catches the sun coming in through the dome up at the top. It is almost three o'clock in the afternoon, and you know that you are supposed to be out of the palace, in fact, out of the city by, like, ten after three. Oh, shit, 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 shit. Yeah, Uh, no, that's what I was saying, the voice says behind the privacy screen. Do you, like, want help with your dress, or... Feet, like, scrambling out of the baths, stops for a second, and snaps... No, Fen, I'll handle it myself. Um, there's there's a, a loud burst of yeah. laughter from behind the screen, and as soon as you make yourself decent, from around the corner of the screen emerges one Fenandris Tormer, or Fen, as you call him. He has been your best friend since you were both very small children, but he serves the additional function of being your official bodyguard. Fen's family has served the Crown of Australia since time immemorial essentially. His father is your father's personal bodyguard, and his sister, Elena, was Leo's bodyguard for a time. And he is also your bodyguard, but you guys are also very, very close friends. He's a tall dude, very broad, very, like, square-built. 
think like Bolin from Legend of Korra, uh, <laughs> yeah. with a different palette though. He's got a mop of unruly, curly brown hair, very dark slate gray eyes, uh, same blue undertones that all Australian elves have. In uh, holster at his side, he has a wickedly sharp filigree carved uh, silver battle axe and a shield with his family crest slung over his back. And he's going, we need to go, we need to go, we're gonna get in trouble, we need to go. I'm wildly aware of that, he says, probably one layer of skirts on, <laughs> trying to wrangle herself into her dress. Fee, uh, you know that today... The Australian ambassador, not a Australian ambassador, the Australian ambassador is coming back to Australia with his family. Australia only has one embassy in the world. It is in the nation of Vogvaldor across the sea. That is the only nation Australia does trade with. And also they've had border scuffles with them in the past. So like diplomatic presence there is kind of needed to balance both of these things. His wife had taken ill and had been indisposed in Vogeldor for a long time, and they are now coming back to Australia so she can convalesce and finish recovering from this illness, because it has left her very weak. You know all of this. Fen knows all of this. You guys need to be at the ferry very soon. And do you guys just take off? So I think as we're going, I'm just doing the Gus cantrip to kind of try to push people out of the way. <laughs> Just very gently okay. push people out of the way. Yeah, I mean, the sea kind of parts for you yeah. people anyway uh, as you're yeah. moving just because you're, you know, you are the Grand Duchess and you're on a mission. In case people aren't paying enough attention, just kind of You guys make it out of the baths. You don't have to go through a lot of rigmarole to get out of the castle. The castle is perched in the middle of Velental, which is a large city enclosed by a round wall. There's pretty much as far as the eye can see all the way up to the massive walls that surround the city. It's just a maze of buildings and houses, and you can see people kind of milling about in the streets. This is a pretty big day. You know, the ambassador coming home is a pretty big deal. So you guys make your way down off this craggy hill where the castle's on and kind of make your way out as fast as you can toward the eastern gate of the city. The guards let you out. There is a small, not even really a town, like a fisherman's village almost, called Haman's Ferry that's like right down on the lake that you can take across to the other side where the city of Estalor is. Maybe like six or seven families live there. It's not huge. Yeah. You know, just the people that it takes to run the docks. And I mean, it's where the Royal Barge used to be docked. Oh. They, I don't know, it's been five <laughs> years. They may have, <laughs> they might have built another one by now. But yeah, just basically the people it takes to run the docks and run, you know, these ferries and everything that come across live there. And they are all gathered around in their little main square of this tiny little village. Your father and his retinue are also there. You see Fen's dad first as you run up, this big hulking presence standing behind your father. He bows a little bit to you as you pass by, and then gets Fen with an elbow on the side and goes, You two are late. Your father says nothing to you, Fee. Fee's not going to say anything to him. She's got to settle in next to him, just hands behind the back, very stiff posture. Not even looking, he's still looking out toward the docks. He goes, I hate to have been a distraction to your very busy day, apparently, for Aurora. He winces, and then she clears the throat. She says, very, very sorry, Your Majesty. I was occupied in the bathhouses. I lost track of time a little bit. Entirely my fault. Apologies. Well, at any rate, you look very nice, and the ambassador isn't here yet, so no harm, no foul. 
nods and like bobs a little bit. And you can see across the waters of Lake Talos a very nicely appointed, probably noble-owned barge coming across the water. It's very close to the docks. Fen kind of takes his place beside you and stands there with you at the end of the docks until this boat pulls up. And from inside the boat comes a retinue of guards, servants, all of that stuff. They all come out and they're loaded down with boxes and stuff. And then behind them, a family of three Australian elves emerge. The first one off the boat is Ambassador Eamon Petrus. And he is a tall, older Australian elf, salt and pepper, long black hair, very dark, almost black eyes, very like dignified, a little crafty looking. Behind him gets off his wife, and she does not look good. You have known these people most of your life, Ify. Um, They were sent to Vogvaldor as ambassadors the year before Leo left. But they were courtiers, you know, before that, your entire life at court. So you've known these people for a long time. Nasalia Petrus, the ambassador's wife, she is a paladin of Kimro. The last time you saw her, this lady was pretty buff. She has a very, like, strong build to her, very proud posture. She has lost, like, half of her body weight and has sunken cheeks, big, dark shadows under her eyes. Her muscles have all atrophied. She is not wearing her armor that she usually had on that you remember. She is in a warm dress and a traveling cloak and just looks like she can barely stand. Um, Her husband actually helps her down. And behind the two of them, someone you are very excited to see crests the top of the boat, and that is their daughter, Kalesa Petrus. She is Leo's age, so she's a little bit older than you. Uh, She actually, before they left for Bogvaldor, she was one of Leo's old drinking buddies, but she was one of your friends, too. And she looks extremely different from the last time you saw her. You saw her six years ago. She was fresh off of graduation from the Order of Iluna, which is the wizard's tower and kind of academic center of magic in Valentall. So she is a trained wizard, and she was very put together, almost like fantasy sorority girl looking. She had long, straight silver hair, very well put together. She has stopped straightening her hair. She has cut a lot of it off. It is like down to her jaw now, and it's very curly. And she has either through magic or through some sort of material intervention dyed this curly cloud of hair bright electric ass blue. Also, she has an inhuman amount of earrings in both of her long pointed elven ears, which is like normal enough for like Australian culture and fashion and stuff. The facial piercings are not. She looks like she <laughs> went headfirst into a tackle box. She's got like a nose piercing, two lip piercings, she's got an eyebrow yeah. piercing. She looks rad as hell. <laughs> as she crests this boat, you hear like some mumbling through like some of the courtiers behind. Her father scowls and Kalesa makes eye contact with you and grins. <laughs> and she winks at you and hops down off the boat and comes running over like as you big hug. He tries very hard not to smile more than is dignified, but she is gonna hug Kalesa super tight. She gives you a really big hug, really big squeeze, uh, leans up in your ear so nobody around you can hear and goes, back, it kind of turns over, and uh, Fen next to you goes into a very deep bow and goes, Lady Patris looking as gorgeous as ever, and she, without even hesitating, goes, not even in your dreams, Fen. <laughs> and Fen goes, okay, and nods to himself. <laughs> He's trying really 
really hard not to laugh. She usually has her posture very stiff and her hands crossed behind her back, but she uh, relaxes them at her sides and then bobs like half a curtsy and says, Lady Petrus, it is wonderful to see you. Oh, I think it's going to be even more wonderful to see me when we see that party you're throwing us tonight. Yes, <laughs> I heard there would be a party. <laughs> the bites her lip and side-eyes her father. And then, very dignified, says, The court is in fact throwing a ball for yourself and your parents, Lady Petrus. Like, very pointedly. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, the ball. I, um, uh, actually roll a perception check okay. for me. That's a natural 18, plus my perception is plus one with my proficiency, so 19. A 19. Okay, so yeah, you can read it pretty well. Kalesa is not used to having to kind of mask the way yeah. you are. You know, she's kind of been the top of the dog pile wherever she's been these last couple of years and hasn't really had to worry about it. And also just like given her personality, it's not a thing she does super well anyway. Uh, her entire existence is kind of built around spiting her father. So <laughs> she stops and has to work a little harder to get the mask yeah. up than you do. It goes, ah, yes, I greatly look forward to the ball. I have missed... Australia so much, she says. <laughs> Big fake smile, and then turns back to your father, goes into a deep curtsy, and says, Archduke Valsine, your hospitality, as always, is greatly appreciated. Thank you for allowing us to return so that my mother can convalesce from her illness. Her mom is gone. Her mom has been yeah. whisked off, and the ambassador was actually gone, too. He went with his wife, so Kalesa yeah. is kind of left behind to be the liaison. Your father nods and says, of course, it's an honor to have you back. Kalesa, might I add, you are looking like you are thriving. And she smiles and gets a big, fake political smile and goes, oh yes, in fact, I am, Archduke. Thank you so much for noticing. I'll see you at the ball tonight, everybody. And she curtsies again, and then she's gone. She follows after uh, the direction that her father and mother left in. I love her so much. You were left behind with this tittering now crowd of nobles that is all like gossiping. Oh, her hair. Oh, Lady Petrus looks like she was about to keel over on the gang. And Fen is beside you. He looks a little uncomfortable. He is gonna try to do an insight check on him. Okay. Oh, great. It's an eight, um, and I don't have proficiency in insight, so it's a seven. It's a seven. <laughs> Fen's dad actually catches him before you do, gets him by the back of the shoulder and yeah. squeezes, and Fen puts the mask back on really quick. He doesn't say anything about it. But for a second there, he looked really shaken. You could maybe ask him about it later if you felt like it. So yeah, I think everybody kind of packs up and heads back to the palace where ball preparation is in full swing. There are servants everywhere. The great hall of the palace, this big open atrium type space with another big domed glass skylight over it is being prepared for a ball. There are buffet tables going up. There's a stage for musicians going up. Various and sundry chamberlains and servants and everything are, are running around. So you are back at the palace now. It's about, at this point, by the time you get back, it's probably about 4.30 in the afternoon. The ball doesn't start until about 6. What would you like to do, Fee? Sophie is going to bop a very deep curtsy to her father, as opposed to the very short, perfunctory ones she does for everybody else, and then say, uh, with your leave, father, I would attend to some last-minute personal preparations for tonight. Your father kind of purses his lips to himself and nods and goes, I uh, guess that's perfectly fine. 
I have a meeting with the ambassador presently and will probably be a little late to the ball myself. Make an appearance, Ferora, and don't make it a bad one, and I think we can consider your duty done for the evening. Very generous, Father, yes. And then Fee is going to, again, deep curtsy, and then just kind of grab Fen by an elbow in a way that's not super obvious. Okay. <laughs> but just definitely grab him and just kind of toe him off. He makes a little mm sound as you drag him off. <laughs> you guys get out into one of the winding hallways yeah. uh, outside of the Great Hall, and he goes, what? What's up? Was this because I flirted with Kalesa? Because, like, I'm a social climber, <laughs> Fee. I mean, I've only got so much in the world for myself. I don't myself. care about that. <laughs> Obviously, I don't care about that. What is up with you? Obviously, neither does Kalesa, but... <laughs> well, I could have told you that before. Oh, it's up. Oh. Oh. Yes. Okay. What do you mean, what's up with me? I'm fine. Don't bullshit me. How long have we known each other? Deception versus insight, you get advantage yeah. on your insight. Okay, great. <laughs> I will need it. Fen rolled a six, so... <laughs> I rolled a ten, but it still beats him. You kind of think back to when you saw Fen look really shaken yeah. down in the docks. He started looking really bad when Kalesa's mom got off the boat. And you remember at that moment... It's not just Fen's background with sickness, it's Astraria's background with sickness. The notion or the news of hearing that anyone has gotten sick is a really big thing in Astraria. When Astrarians get sick, they get sick very hard. There's not a lot that can be done, and the mortality rate is very high. Fen and his dad are the only people left of their family. When you guys were relatively young children, think like elf equivalent of 13, 14, Fen's entire family came down with a sickness, and he had his mom, his dad, and two sisters, and Fen and his dad are the only people left from that. So seeing Kalesa's mom threw him for a real loop, and as you fix him with that glare, he just kind of squirms a little under it and goes... Look, it's nothing. It's just, you know, Lady Petrus didn't look so good, and, you know, should we really be letting them back into the country if she can still get people sick? I mean, don't we have mandatory quarantine for things like that? Why do they get to bypass it? Well, she was quarantined, wasn't she? They were in Bumbledore for years. And I mean, as far as you know, the story that has been presented to everybody is that she is coming back to convalesce from this yeah. illness. She is over the illness, but it left yeah. her fucked up. And Fed just kind of flinches again and goes, listen, I just don't know if I trust people that have been out of the country for that long. You know, what if they brought something back with them? If that gets loose in the court, it could break really bad, Fee. I am quite sure that my father would not have let them come back now if there was any risk. My father's many things. He's not stupid. It's all going to be fine. And then she's going to like lay a hand on his shoulder and squeeze. It's all going to be fine. We're going to do our best to enjoy the party. (laughs) Do you think we should maybe go talk to her and see what her take on everything is? I mean, did you see how fast her mom and dad left? And then apparently your dad's talking to her dad. I think there's... Do you think there's something going down with Vogvoldor again? I mean, like, I know know ostensibly they came back so her mom could rest, but couldn't she have rested in Vogvoldor? He does kind of wince a little bit and goes, I'm sure there's not anything major. I would hope that I would have been informed if things were going on for now as Grand Duchess. We, yes, we'll, we'll talk to Kalesa. We should, yes, yeah. 
So are you guys going to find her? Yeah. Roll me investigation. Oh, good. So that was an eight. <laughs> so I rolled a ten. It's the DC. That's fine. You met the DC. It yeah. wasn't hard. You live here. This is your house. Yeah. So. <laughs> So it takes a little bit of, of searching around. You have to hunt down a couple servants and stuff to kind of ask where the Petruses are being housed. But you eventually do get directed towards their apartments. And by the time you get there and kind of knock on the door and everything, Kalesa opens the door and she is already dressed and ready for the ball. So she okay. has changed out of her traveling gear and she's in a long, gauzy, purple dress of diaphanous elven fabric. And she opens up the door and goes, Oh, hey, come... In? What's going on? Hi, Kalesa. Hi, so can we talk about the party now? Now that Archduke Stick of His Ass isn't around anymore, can we talk about the party? <laughs> what kind of li- what kind of liquor? <laughs> what kind of liquor did you get? Listen, I've been partying in Vogveldor for the past six years. My tolerance, she puts her hand over her head, <laughs> is up to here. <laughs> Do you know how hard those gnomes party, man? Why have you been partying in Vogveldor? You were there on diplomatic missions. My father was there on diplomatic missions. I was there to be a disappointment and make him look bad. Partying with the enemy. Are they the enemy? We trade with them. Their booze is great. Did you get Valderan booze for the party is what I'm asking. (laughs) Why are we whispering? (laughs) Your dad's not omnipresent, Fee. He's not a god. He just works for one. He can hear Things you wouldn't expect. Oh, I'm so scared. She makes like a jacking off motion. <laughs> She's gonna wave off less than go, obviously I got full darn booze. This is fantastic. I have so many drinking games that I want to teach you. Oh dear. Also, I think I'm not sure because given the everything about me, my father doesn't tell me anything anymore. Yes. I think I might have tea to spill. Okay. Something's going on. It's not in Volkvoldur. I think it might be some Tordunian fuckery that's happening. Because before we left, Dad got really concerned with some of the diplomatic delegations from Tordun that were up in, you know, like the Merchant's Hall in Volkvoldur and stuff. He wouldn't tell me what's going on because I asked him what was going on, but he was disappearing from meetings all the time. Coming home looking super concerned, you know, like the constipated look that he gets, your dad gets yes, the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. But whatever he's talking to your dad about right now, I think that some big shit is happening. And I think we both might have been kept in the dark about it. He purses her lips and, like, frowns. I'm sure if it was relevant, I would have been informed. <laughs> she says. Unless I'm the Grand Duchess. Yeah, and... Knowing your dad. Okay, mm, no, I'm gonna be nice. I'm, I'm a nice friend, she says. Doubtful, but alright. I can be nice. And Fen goes, <laughs> What he said? Look, I don't know your dad's motivations, and I frankly don't want to. He seems super boring. But there's a chance that he might not be telling you something to, like, protect you or whatever, and we all know that that's bullshit. So all I'm saying is that if you want some help to do some sneakery to find out what's going on, Kalissa hikes up the skirt of her dress all the way up to her thigh, and on a holster on both of her thighs, she has two daggers that are strapped to her legs, and she pulls them out and she twirls them between her fingers, and the daggers light up with magic, and she goes, I've applied my studies at the Wizard's Tower to a little more of a practical approach. 
Um, and you are able to deduce from this yeah, that, yeah. that she has taken her academic talents and applied them to being an archangel rogue. We're not going to be sneaking around, listening in on clandestine meetings, Kalesa, with the Archduke of Sharia. Oh, what, what, what's he gonna do? Arrest you? You're the only heir to the throne left that's viable anymore, so I hear. Plus, we're not gonna get caught. I'm super good. The frowns and then turns to Fen and says, Tell me not to do this. Fen wholeheartedly goes, Don't do this. Alright. Kalesa goes, Look, I mean, if you don't want to spy on your dad, don't get what that's like, but whatever. If you don't, that's fine. But I came back here hoping at least to have some fun. You know, if you won't let me spy on your father, it's just being a good hostess to go show me a good time. A good time I can show you. I'm just not comfortable committing espionage. Is it espionage if it's against... It's not against anybody. You're not an enemy agent. Uh, I'm done. I'm done. I won't twist your arm, she says, and she lowers her skirt back down and the knives disappear. Uh, You've gotten, like, way less fun since the last time I saw you. I wasn't the Grand Duchess the last time you saw me. Well, Leo used to be the Grand Duke, and he was fun. And we see how that turned out for him, don't we? Ugh, yeah, rough. wonder if he's alive. Don't know. Not my problem either way, so... Hmm, she says and fixes you with a really long look. Okay, so how about this? Since you're being a total stick in the mud and not letting me spy on your dad, how about... Who I will once again say is the ruler of the nation that we both have to live in, and also the head of the church, just, you know, additionally. <laughs> she, like, sticks her tongue out and makes, like, a... <laughs> And goes, here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna go get ready for the ball. Fen, I assume you're ready. You know, your fashion sense is already, so. Uh. And Fen goes, aw, you two are gonna go get your glad rags on, and then we're gonna sneak out and go out on the town and pregame before the ball. That I am more than willing to do. <laughs> Excellent. And she looks very much like she does need a drink right now. Okay, so you all, I think, with this agreement being made, go your separate ways. Fee, you go back to your room, you get ready. Fen, you know, disappears down to his quarters. 15, 20 minutes later, all of you reconvene uh, back down at the Great Hall. You see Kalesa is there. She's still in her ball outfit, but she does have a dark traveling cloak on over her dress, and it's pulled up, like, over her blue hair. So you can't really see who she is from a distance. The people who are coming to the ball are starting to pour into the palace at this point. Fen has changed to the degree that Fen can change. He still has yeah. his armor on and his axe and his shield and everything, but he's put yeah. on, like, a nicer shirt underneath it and, like, maybe tried I to guess. comb his hair a little <laughs> bit. And he meets you guys both down in the Great Hall, and he yeah. looks from you, Fee, to all the people that are starting to mill around. And he goes, okay, so we're doing this. Do you want me to uh, go with you, or would you like me to stay here and run interference? The steepler fingers and then says, I think it would be beneficial if you came with just in case. I think if there is trouble, it would behoove us to be in the same place for many reasons. Yeah, well, trouble came in on the boat this morning, so you've already missed that. And Kalesa <laughs> just laughs. So you guys make your way down this big hill and into the kind of main drag that comes up from the castle. 
there's pretty much only one area of Elental that's like a 24-hour area, and that would be Market Square, which is down at the bottom of this big almost mountain where the castle is. There are houses around it everywhere. There are also several, you know, shops. There's the biggest pub in Valentall, the Dragon and the Dulcimer, is down there. Houses of Ill Repute down there. There's the yeah. Artisans Guild, which is like, it's not an open-air market because it's a big building with a roof, but there's no walls, and just 24 hours a day, people are set up there, you know, selling their wares and stuff. And you make your way down there. I think is uh, kind of leading the charge, mm-hmm. and... The first thing you notice is that in Market Square, there's a very large tree that has been there forever. You can't see the tree as you walk in. It is under a large, colorful bolt of silk. And as you make your way into Market Square, you can hear music and clapping. And you hear a very sharp voice calling out kind of over the rabble in the square, announcing different circus acts. Oh, very good. And Kalesa perks up as soon as you guys walk into the square and she goes, oh yeah. shit, the circus is in town? And there is an Australian elven gentleman perched on uh, essentially what's a soapbox outside of this big tent that has been pitched over this great tree yeah. in the middle of the square, uh, calling out fearsome beasts from the farthest reaches of the northern forests, wonderful acrobats from the south, come, come, come. And Kalesa goes, oh, hell yeah, and just hell goes. Yeah. yeah, she, like, disappears into the crowd and kind of goes, ah, and, like, reaches after her, but she she's is gone. absolutely following her. So you guys join a big crowd that is gathering around this soapbox where this kind of crafty, vulpine-looking gentleman is handing out playbills and advertisements for a show, and he sees the three of you draw close and smiles very big, very winningly, and goes, well... We're graced with a guest of honor tonight, Grand Duchess. To what do we owe the pleasure? She kind of bobs her head and says, Ahem, I was just hoping to check out the acts you have on tonight. I've heard good things and I wanted to see for myself. Well, the show won't be starting for some time yet, but we'd be happy to give you the VIP tour. Come, come, come. And oh, that uh, won't be. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. he's off the soapbox, and, like, yeah. he gets Kalesa by the hand. She's ready to go. She's like, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. If he reluctantly follows. There is a, a split in the fabric that is pitched yeah. over this giant tree in the center of the square, and this carnival barker dude kind of reaches in and pulls a piece of the fabric to the side, and you are standing, essentially, in a big top. It is a three-ring circus that is in this area of fabric draped over the tree. Uh, There is a a circle of kind of risers around for people to sit, and then three small wooden stages for three different acts to be going all at the same time. There's nothing in here right now, and as soon as you walk in, Kalesa goes, oh man, I wanted to see an owl bear." He says, "Uh, I'm sure once the show starts, and kind of like waves Kalesa off, and is gonna try and, like, investigate further into the tent. All of the tent is pretty much in plain view. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be any back room or anything, but you can go okay. ahead and roll me investigation. Nineteen. Nineteen. Wow. Okay, so yeah, you see quite a bit. You gaze around, and it, it very much looks like everything yeah. is staged for a show later on in the night. Yeah. But there aren't any crew members running around, which you kind of get a little yeah. pain. Should be weird. And no. next to you, you see Fen go a little bit rigid. But before you can question him about it, under one of the risers, like right on the front row, you see a flash of 
gold. And the closer you look, you can see that there is a richly decorated and bejeweled wooden chest that is nudged under the front of these risers. This carnival barker goes, Ah, yes, I see you've seen the main attraction. Would you like a little sneak peek? He says, Uh, yes, absolutely. And she reaches one hand into the folds of her overskirts, where she has a sword strapped to her belt, just in case. Kalesa is enthralled. Yeah. She's just <laughs> bouncing on the balls of her toes going, ooh. Yeah. Fen looks like he's ready to fucking cut and run. So yeah, this carnival barker-looking jester bejeweled guy reaches under the risers and hauls out this big chest and pulls it in front of the three of you. And he produces a key from the inside of the big uh, billowy sleeves of his shirt and reaches down and unlocks the chest. And he looks up at you with a wicked smile and he goes, It truly has been a pleasure, Grand Duchess. And he opens up the lid of the chest, and inside the chest there is a perfect, brilliant sphere of light. And the sphere of light begins to hover, Uh and it gets, like, right up to eye level, and it goes... And it flies off up into the rafters of the tent, and by the time you look down, this guy is gone. He has teleported out. For the moment, it's silent. And Fen goes, Okay... So, we should go. What? Uh, uh, Fee's gonna try to look up in, in, like, the branches of the tree and see if she can see what that was. Okay, roll me investigation. That's also a 19. Modified 19, Jesus. It looks to you as though the sphere of light has totally disappeared. It looks like it maybe flew up through the top of the tent. It was magical in nature, for sure. Okay. Fee says... We need to go. Well, that was lame. I thought it was going to be fireworks or something, Kalesa says. Kalesa, we are going. And then Fee is out. Fee is going. Right before you get to the flap of the tent, Uh above you, you hear... This deep, old sound of groaning wood. Uh Uh-huh. I'm gonna turn to look at it. Before you could turn around, you see that the fabric on the sides of the tent ripples with an unseen movement, and then you turn around, and you see where the movement is coming from. That sphere of light did not leave through the top of the tent. It was a magical spell, essentially, that went up into the tree and animated it. And the tree is groaning as it stretches its great wooden limbs and moves. And the fabric siding of the tent becomes warped almost beyond recognition. You can't see which way is out, where the door is, anything. And as the tree moves and shakes its limbs, all of the lanterns that were illuminating the inside of the tent all flicker out in the onslaught of wind rippling out from the leaves of this animated tree. I would like you to roll initiative. Before we go into initiative, Fee says, God damn it. And I rolled an eight. Wow, all three of you are going to get around in on this thing. That's impressive. With a fat 23, Kalesa is going to go first against this thing. Uh, So she's going to roll a spell attack on this bad boy. It's a 13. That's going to hit, actually. Yeah. Just barely. Jeezy peasy. Okay. She's going to throw a uh, chromatic orb at this bad boy. Her daggers... (laughs) 
come out like Assassin's Creed style under her hands. She had yeah. stuffed them up the sleeves of her dress instead of the eye yeah. holsters while you guys were gone. And she goes, what the hell? And uh, rears back with one of the daggers, and you see it light up with flame as it runs up her arm, and she channel she channels her magic into the daggers the way a wizard would into a wand. Yeah. And throws a uh, fire chromatic orb at this thing, so it's going to do 3d8 fire damage. Oh, that was shitty. Oh. Um, but it's doubled. Yeah, two, three, four. So that's a... a Big four damage from that chromatic orb, but uh, you see as this uh, fire, you know, glows at the end of her dagger and zooms off, and it uh, flies off and hits the tree. When the tree groans in agony, and the fire shoots up its trunk, Great. it looks like it really fucking put a hurting on this thing. Despite yeah. the spell going a little wide, the tree looks like it does not feel good. And then uh, Fen is going to be up next. She takes a free action to say, good job! <laughs> what the hell? Kalesi yells, and she's already gearing up for another one. Your idea is as good as mine, and then, like, as we're gearing up to initiative, Fee is going to take out her own wand, which is just this long, thin, silvery, just a very plain wand, but it gets the job done. And then Fen is going to go next. He gears up, and you see he uh, pulls out his shield and his battle axe, and he turns over to Yuffie, and first, before he attacks, goes, I told you this was a bad idea. Noted. Then he looks at his axe, and he looks up at the tree, and he goes, There's a lumberjack joke to be had in here somewhere, but I don't have the fucking time. And then he lunges at <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, yeah, he's Ooh. definitely going to hit it. He rolled a natural 15. Nice. Um, okay, so that's going to be uh, 1d8 plus 3 damage. The dirtiest 20. <laughs> yeah, so that was a another fat 5 damage. Aww. Yeah, he... Uh, Lunges forward, axe reared back, and just buries it into the trunk of this thing. And again, the tree just roars in agony. Fee's going to yell, you tried, and then rear back. (laughs) I'm going to expend uh, two sorcery points to do Quicken Spell on True Strike Cantrip. Remind me, Quicken Spell turns a one-action spell into a one-bonus-action spell, correct? Yes. So as a bonus action, I cast True Strike, which gives me advantage on my first attack roll at the target, and then I'm going to cast a second level guiding bolt with that advantage. Whoo! That'll do it, yeah. Natural, yeah. Fi- natural 15 will do it. It's got a yeah, low yeah. AC. So that's 5d6 Christ. damage. Holy shit. <laughs> so that's 18 plus 6 is 24, and actually I'm going to use my other, my last sorcery point, because fuck it, to do enhanced spell or empowered spell, sorry. Which means that I get to re-roll up to four of my damage dice. Okay. So I'm gonna... So 18 plus 5 is 23, plus 2 is 25. You guys tear into this fucking thing yeah. in the first round of combat. It looks already really beat up. I mean, there's fire still climbing up the trunk and, like, up into the branches, and it's starting to catch on, like, the shifting, swirling fabric of the tent, and the tent is starting to go up in flames. However, it is still up, and it does get one attack. So right now, the person on it, it has a ten-foot reach, Uh. and there's two people on it. It's gonna go for Fen. Oh, and it's definitely gonna hit him. Okay, so that's gonna be... That's gonna be 20 damage for Fen outright. Yeah, this thing heaves back and then snaps itself forward with two joined massive wooden limbs and just pounds Fen into the ground like a fucking tent spike. 
and he goes, oh, as it hits him. Are you okay? No! Fair. And then we are back up at the top of the order with Kalesa. As a free action, I'm just going to yell, fire spells, any any fire spells, guys. Kalesa goes, all right, this is the last one I got. But she uh, gears up and the fire kind of blooms at the end of one of her daggers again. Yeah. And she leans back and it's almost like a whip kind of following the light from the mm-hmm. top of her dagger back behind her. And then it snaps forward, wraps around the tree with another fire chromatic orb. She's going to roll to hit. Oof. Um, let's see. So that's not going to do it. That's a 10. Oh, this, yeah. Fuck. The spell goes wide. <laughs> Back and then it hits the um, wall of the tent, and the wall of the tent, yeah. you know, starts burning away. A hole starts burning into the fabric. And then we're back to Fen, who uses half of his movement to get back up, dig himself out of the ground. Aww. Just, oh god, oh! And then he also is going to roll to hit on this thing. He yeah. gets plus yeah. five. He's gonna yell to him, We'll get you to healer after we take out this fucking tree, apparently. Got it, he's got it. That's a natural 17. Man, Fen's not doing great today. That's only six damage. This tree, however, after Fen, you know, sinks his axe into it a second time, looks mm-hmm. fucked up. Fee, it's down to you. Uh, you have Kalesa and Fen yeah. up on the tree within striking range. So I'm going to use one spell slot to get back to my sorcery points. And then I'm going to use them right up again to <laughs> cast Bless on Fen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So he gets an extra, that's a d4 to attack rolls. Yes. 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 Oh, actually, a bless is up to three creatures, so I'm going to do it on all of us. Okay, cool. So everybody gets a d4. I don't want to spend my other second level spell slot, so I'm going to cast a witch bolt at first level. Yeah. Yep, you got it. <laughs> 14 yep. plus 6, yeah. Yep. So I'm going to do 1d12 damage. Hey! <laughs> that's a firm 12. Excellent. And that was my last first level spell okay. slot. Yeah, Fee, you rear back. Thunder comes to yeah. your hand while you're gripping your wand, and you actually yeah. feel the wand start to vibrate in your hand, and yeah. you snap forward. And there is a massive boom of thunder, yeah. and a crackle of lightning exits yeah. from your wand and splits this tree, like, almost all the way down the middle. Okay. It is still moving. The limbs are still, you know, whipping around, but the wood just groans in utter agony, and this tree is not looking good and that brings us to the tree so um it's gonna take a swing you're not up on it correct no. would you say that you're probably 10 feet away yeah okay yeah it can't hit you then yeah it, he hasn't moved at all yeah it's not gonna move it's just gonna swing on kalesa Ooh. oh yeah so it rolled a 15 it is gonna okay. hit kalesa she doesn't have a great armor class okay. uh so let me just roll that yeah it only does 11 damage to kalesa yeah however that 11 damage uh hurts kalesa way more than the damage fen took hurt him yeah this tree again you know it's falling apart it's not holding itself yeah. together well at all it rears back and it catches kalesa in her middle with one gnarled limb and it actually picks Kalesa up and flings her across the tent. And you hear her scream kind of like Doppler effect as she goes flying. She does land on her feet though. She's, she's nimble and she skids to her feet on the ground, but she coughs up a little blood and doesn't look like she's doing too great. See, uselessly is going to yell, are you okay? Oh, Kalesa says. Healers for everybody once we kill this thing. She goes, I don't have any more spells. I'll just... Uh, and she runs at it, oh. daggers out. With that bless fee, uh, both of those are going to solidly hit. So she's going to do 2d4 plus 6 damage. Yay. Or no, 2d4 plus 3, because she doesn't get the okay. additional damage on her offhand. She doesn't have two weapon fighting. Um, so that's going to be 
eight damage. With that, Kalesa comes running back across the tent and goes yeah. airborne and drives both of her daggers down into the heart of this tree and the entire tree shudders and groans and then stops moving. However, the tent is still on fire. Are we out of initiative? Yes, you're out of initiative. Fee's gonna do a gust cantrip to try and put out the worst of the fire, but she is, like, headed out of the tent. She's headed back towards the castle. Okay. You do that gust cantrip. Let me just roll, like, a luck check on that. (laughs) I rolled a hand. That's a natural one. Um, Fee, you... And the fire just... And just shoots up towards the sky with a roar. You guys are... Shit! Shit! You guys are able to get out, but this tree and the tent are on fire, and as the three of you, like, run out of this tent, Fen is, like, noticeably limping Uh, as he runs. This fire is, like, shooting up towards the night sky. Everybody in the square is screaming, running away. She is very soft-spoken naturally, but she's gonna, like, try and speak from her fucking chest and just yell, Someone put that fire out by orders of the Grand Duchess. And then... runs (laughs) runs <laughs> okay runs towards the castle okay yeah as, as you three kind of escape from do this, i have to do a charisma check no okay. no you hear somebody yelling uh, to, to the wizard's tower bring the fire brigade uh, as you cool. run away yeah and you guys fucking book it back for the castle i guess you don't slow down until you're back up the hill almost at the front door but yeah you, you stop kind of right before you hit the doors before you know anybody inside can really see you Fen and Kalesa are both extremely bloody. You have taken no damage, yeah. Fee, but your dress is, you know, scorched and rumpled, and you have dirt smeared on your face, Shit. and yeah. You've been in a burning circus tent yeah, for a good I bit. Know. Shit. So yeah, Fen actually pulls the two of you, he gets both of you by the elbow and pulls you back before you get to the door. He goes, okay, we have options. Let's talk about those before we go in guns blazing, because this is not going to end well for any of us. No matter what, at this point. So let's let's just do damage control, yes? Fee gives him a look and says, This was just an assassination attempt on the Grand Duchess, the perpetrator of which disappeared. I know I'm going to get shit about my dress, but I'm going to do something about it anyway. Uh, okay, so front door, front door, and we're going in the front door, is what you're telling me. Unless you have a better idea. Go in the back. Maybe all of us clean up a little bit. If you walk into the ballroom and loudly exclaim that there's just been an attempt on your life, Fee, everything is going to dissolve into chaos. And the only assumption I can make is that 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 motherfucker, for lack of a better word, disappeared because he's trying to do a two-for-one assassination attempt on the royal family. And I... I, I what is my job if not this? No, I... You know what? I've got you. I'm your backup. Go. Do what you need to do. Thank um, you. Kalesa, let's... Can I just go get Kalesa cleaned up real quick? Kalesa's yes. looking like she does not feel good. She's bleeding pretty heavily from, like, one side of her face. One of her earrings has gotten, like, ripped out of her ear, and she's bleeding uh, yeah. from there. Yeah, she's not looking good. I would know... Like, Alasha would be at the ball, right? Yes, Alasha okay. would be at the ball. Okay. Yeah, she lives in the palace. There's no way she's not there. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else I would trust to handle this. Go to the healer's hall, I suppose. I, oh. He gets one arm under Kalesa's armpits and carries her off down the hall. I'm going in. Messed up dress, soot and all. Uh, You emerge into the great hall of the palace. Uh, The party is in full swing. Everybody who's anybody in Australia is here tonight. Roll investigation with advantage. Okay. 
another dirty 19. You don't need to find Alasha because Alasha finds you. Your magic yes. tutor comes sweeping across the dance floor and gets you by the elbow fee and tugs you out of the room and around a corner into a hallway and looks at you and goes, are you okay? Fee takes a second, takes a deep breath, straightens her posture. We uh, snuck out to go down to Market Square. There's a circus in town, the ringleader of which uh, uh, tried to kill us with a tree. Uh, and then a, disappeared. Uh, tried to kill you with a... I do not have the time to explain it. I can only assume he's about to make a, an, an attack on my father's life. Uh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Let, let's go. She whips around and goes to pull you back into the ballroom. Yeah. Uh, but as she does, she stops, turns around, she licks her thumb and wipes yeah. a smear of a soot off your cheek and then snaps her fingers and hits <laughs> you with a prestidigitation that cleans off cool. your dress. Cool, great, Awesome. And ushers you back into the ballroom, and just across the dance floor, the seat parts for the two of you. Elasha looks like she's on a damn mission. People tend to get out of her way, so she's, you know, kind of going as fast as she can with her cane in one hand, and you kind of clenched by the elbow in the other. Across the ballroom to where your father is stood in all of his finery, talking Mm -hmm. to Ambassador Petrus. Elasha comes over and plunks her cane on the ground to kind of get their attention and goes, Gentlemen, we need to have a discussion. Yeah, she just kind of bobs her head and makes a kind of an urgent gesture as much as she can. I have relevant information for His Majesty and just kind of bobs her head at her dad. Is this sensitive information? Should we go somewhere else? Your father says... Your father never really looks shaken. I mean, he's got yeah. a pretty good poker face, but you notice kind of a twitch of the eyebrow. He's a little yes. off-kilter. I believe that would be best if we could retire to uh, somewhere with less people. My study, this way. Yeah, he ushers uh, you and Alasha and the ambassador out of the room. Cool. And as he is ushering you out, you see a healed but still dirty Fen and Kalesa coming back up the hallway. And the ambassador catches a glimpse of his daughter coming up the hall as you guys are walking out of the ballroom and just sighs and goes, Kalesa, what in Kimrel's name? And Kalesa just starts bawling and like Uh, latches onto her dad and just starts like crying. And he awkwardly hugs her back, just gives her like a very stilted pat on the back. It's all right now, darling. What, what, What happened, you three? Your father, Fee, goes, we need to go to my study immediately, it would seem. Yes, that would be best. Yeah, you all sweep off uh, up the hallway into your father's study. It's much the way it always is, impeccably organized, quiet. And he shepherds you all in and goes and takes a seat at his desk and steeples his fingers and looks at the three of you and says, Now what happened? Fee clears her throat a couple times We went down to Market Square. We were fully intending to be back in time to make an appearance at at the ball, of course. But I wanted to show Lady Petrus uh, a proper welcome of a more personal variety back to the city. And we caught sight of a circus that appeared to be in town. And we were offered a VIP tour of the facilities before the show. I thought it would be rude to refuse. And I did not want there to be repercussions for that socially. Uh, So we went into the tent and the ringmaster did something magical. The tree started moving of its own accord and the ringmaster disappeared. He was 
very obviously making an active attempt on my life, and I believe that he may have been more generally moving against the royal family. Roll an insight check. Okay. I'm not good at that one. That's fine. That's it's not a 13. Horrible. That's not horrible. Fee, this is the most shaken you've ever seen your father. He does not outwardly show it. It's more yeah. of just kind of a flash behind his eyes and like a yeah. subtle tensing of his jaw. Lowers both of his hands down flat on top of his desk and looks up at the three of you very carefully keeping his composure and says... Fenandris, I have plenty of questions about where you and your judgment were, but we will discuss those later, if you two would leave us. And Fen and Kalesa both stand up. Fen just bows very stiffly and backs out of the room. Kalesa looks freaked. She looks like she's gotten in way over her head. She takes a sharp look over at her father and goes, Daddy, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to. He goes, we'll discuss it later, Kalesa. I'm just glad you're all right. And she curtsies and also backs out of the room. <laughs> as soon as the door shuts behind them, your father turns over to Yuffie and goes, First things first, were you hurt? No, father. Kalesa and Fenandris were both injured somewhat by the tree, but I kept out of the line of fire. As well you should have. Yes. I had hoped to spare you this conversation until after the festivities tonight to let you have one good night, but it seems that we will have to have this conversation now. As you may be able to guess, Ambassador Petrus did not return to Australia simply for his wife to convalesce from her illness. Oh. Ambassador, if you will. And he, he waves at the ambassador, uh, who is looking at the door where Kalesa just left, still looking really shaken up. Fee is, like, fist clenched super hard behind her back. The ambassador, again, still just looking very shaken at the spot where his daughter just walked out the door, folds himself down into one of the chairs mm -hmm. on the opposite side of your father's desk and says, Grand Duchess, you may want to sit down. I would prefer to stand. Uh, very well, he says. Yeah, and she, again, ramrod straight posture, hands firmly behind her back. We have received information at the consulate in Vogvaldor that your brother is alive in the Sovereign Principalities of Tordun, making his way through the courts and appears, by all of the information we have been able to get, to be gearing up for a military coup. One might reason that if we have already witnessed attempts on your life, that there is also an active seditionist movement in Australia serving to further his cause. We must begin to plan accordingly. Yes, of course. Uh, yes. Uh, do we have more information than that? Uh, uh, size of forces, troop movements? Not as such. Uh, the, the relationship between uh, the Sovereign Principalities of Tordun and Vogvoldor is rocky at best, given the recent yes. territory scuffles, so any information that we're getting has been passed through several sources. Its uh, total reliability cannot be counted upon. However, we have been able to determine that he is raising an army, and he very clearly intends to come back. Right. Do we have any information on a seditionist movement? Any Anyone with uh, confirmed ties? At that point, your father speaks up and goes, Not at the moment that we can prove in any way that will be actionable. 
However, I think we can only agree that there are several people with means, motive, and opportunity. Yes, of course. She looks pretty shaken up. Again, hands behind the back, but she's, like, fighting very hard to keep her voice level. Do we have any plans laid out so far? Are there plans to move? We cannot move on your brother while he is under the protection of the principalities. That would provoke all-out war. We could negotiate to have him extradited? We could try, but uh, working on an unprecedented political relationship when he's already been networking for five years, supposedly. Yes, of course. Right. Uh, what, what can I do? You can stay safe and not go on any more unplanned outings. What can we do in the immediate future about this agent that I believe... I don't know where he went. I don't... He said the tree on us and ran. I don't know. I'll have every guard in the city on the lookout. Right now, we need to start focusing on the larger plan of how we are going to approach this issue. Yes, of course. Whatever Leirel is doing, I am sure that it is not smart, prudent, or effective, which already gives us the one-up. Yes, Father. In the meantime, however, we need to strengthen and further legitimize your position as Grand Duchess. We are going to have to run a bit of a populist movement, if you understand my meaning. I understand that that may sound frightening, given the events that you recently experienced. However, I'm sure you can only imagine how it would look if all of this news were to break to the public and you were to suddenly disappear from the public eye. No, of course, we cannot give an impression of weakness within the royal family. I understand, Father. Uh, Absolutely. I have somewhat of a good reputation, I believe, amongst noble circles. I have somewhat of a network in the South, given in my time with Lasha before I came here. I would assume I would be sent north first to see what connections I can make there. We will cross that bridge when we come to it for tonight. Do your best to recover from this unfortunate situation and rest. Yes, of course. Thank you. In an astonishing display of affection, an unprecedented display of affection, one might argue, your father actually gets up, rounds the corner of his desk, and leans in and kisses you on the forehead and says, I'm so glad you're all right. Thank you, Father. Uh, I, yes, I'm going to go uh, to my chambers now, if that's, if that's all. He says, you have my leave, and nods to the door. Uh, he and the ambassador are already starting to talk more as yeah. you leave. You get ambushed in the hall by Fen and Kalesa. Kalesa is still a little, like, red-eyed and looks like she's been freaking the fuck out. Fen is just kind of shell-shocked. Yeah, Fee is still very straight posture, hands behind the back, nods at both of them. The, uh, the situation is resolved. We should all go to bed, I think. Was there something that happened? Kalesa says. She, again, she looks very rattled. Like, all of her cocky attitude... Out the window. Fee, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to drag it's, you into this. It's it's, it's alright. It's not your fault. Uh, we we can talk in... Um, oh, damn it. Um, Fee swallows and says, uh, Your family's sweet. We can talk there right now. Uh, let's, let's, go. let's go. To get up the stairwell to where Kalesa's family is staying, you're going to have to go back across the dance floor. 
God. I mean, but you can go. You know, it's yeah. not, yeah. It, if you keep walking, you know, nobody has any right to compel you to stay and talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, um, can I roll a performance check to just seem like nothing is wrong? Yeah, sure. <laughs> cool. Hey! hey! Not 20 plus 4 for performance, so 24. You glide across this yep. dance floor. You, <laughs> yep. you look completely unbothered, regal, yep. cold as ice. Absolutely beautiful. I have to roll a very quick check for Kalesa. Give me two seconds. Okay. Hey, that's a nat 20 for Kalesa, too. So you guys are walking across the dance floor. Uh, Kalesa's still looking a little bit rattled, uh, yeah. but she grabs a drink off a passing tray as you guys are walking across the <laughs> dance floor and slams it and then reaches yeah. up and grabs another drink off another tray. And it's halfway through that when from off to the side of you guys, you hear a mellow baritone voice go, Kimrel's bones, they let anybody in here these days. And Kalesa perks up and turns around. And she shrieks in happiness, and she goes, ah, Soren! And just, like, runs across. Oh, uh, winces. <laughs> uh, she runs across the dance floor uh, into the waiting arms of Soren Shakrana, Leo's uh. ex-fiancé, who does not acknowledge or look at you, but loops Kalesa up under her underarms and hugs her super tight and swings her around. Uh, they were in the same graduating class at the Order of Iluna and were very yeah. good friends before Kalesa moved away. And Kalesa immediately starts chattering. Being upset, completely forgotten. She just starts, like, running yeah. off at the mouth. And, oh my god, uh, uh, how are you today? And finally, he looks up at you. He has yeah. aged a little prematurely in the past five yeah. years. You know, he is the elven equivalent of being in his, like, mid to late 20s. But he has started to get a little bit of gray coming in at the temples of his hair. Uh, he has dark shadows under his bespectacled eyes. And he looks up at you, Feral, an insight check. Great. So, uh, 14. That was a DC 15. So, Great. uh, you do not get the entire picture of the situation. Weirdly enough, he looks almost surprised to see you here. Mm-hmm. He very quickly rallies and goes into a deep bow. Grand Duchess. She grinds her teeth glaring daggers. so yeah. hard. And then goes into a deep curtsy and says, Lord Shakana. Wonderful, as always, to see you. The feeling is mutual, I assure you. You and Soren have some understandably bad blood. Yes. His family has fallen from grace in a very major yeah. way. After everything that happened with Leo, the only thing that really saved them was the fact that Leo did formally dissolve their engagement before he yeah. left. Your father, in an attempt of goodwill, tried to kind of repair things with his family by way of... Um, Offering to marry you off to Soren's younger sister at some point in the future, and um, Soren shot a chromatic orb at the messenger. They moved out of the palace very soon after. And Great. yeah, you two have had a little bit of a strained relationship ever since. Kalesa kind of remembers herself after a second and goes, Hey, can we catch up later? Please, please, please. I, I do want to talk to you. I miss you so much. Um, there's a thing that's happening that I need to go handle and Soren goes a Valduran thing and she goes uh a thing and grabs Yuffie and goes I'm so sorry and drags you yeah. off across the dance floor. <laughs> I'm hurrying. You guys make it to the Petrus family accommodations yeah. in the palace and as you guys come in uh, Kalesa's mother is on a chaise lounge in kind of this like open living room just wrapped up in blankets and she has a mug of tea with her. She looks up very frail and says oh did you have fun at the party darling? You're back awfully early. 
and Fen flattens himself against the front wall of the apartment. She takes a very deep breath and just puts her head in her hands. Did did something happen? Lady Petrus asks. Uh, nothing that need concern you in uh, an immediate sense. Lady Petrus, we are so sorry to trouble you. We can go somewhere else to discuss it. We can, and she's just kind of looking around. Well, well the, the bedrooms are all open, darling. I, I hope that you trust me, but I understand if you need to have a private conversation. You could go to Kalesa's room. I can't hear anything, I promise. Yes, that would be, it's, it, it is not a matter of trust, Lady Petrus. It is just sensitive information that I am sure that your husband will share with you in the near future. Uh, Kalesa, Fen, and then she gestures and just goes to Kalesa's room. Fen, like, sticks to the wall. Yeah. He kind of shuffles around the outside of the room. You hear her cough this really deep, rattling, like, nasty-sounding cough as you guys work your way back the hallway. You emerge into Kalesa's room. It's a well-appointed guest suite. Uh, her trunk is on the floor, open, a bunch of her clothes and stuff spilling out. She just, like, collapses onto her bed and puts her head in her hands. She takes a very deep breath, still with that, like, very straight posture, and says, Kalesa. Yeah, yeah, what? Do you have something you don't care if I smash? I mean, it's not my room, technically. Very fair. Uh, Fee looks for, uh, like, a small mirror or something. There's a vanity in the corner that does have a spread of hairbrushes and combs and, like, a small hand mirror. She takes a very deep breath, grabs one of the hairbrushes off of the vanity, and chucks it at a wall. (laughs) The hairbrush explodes into more bristles and slivers of silver. Fen's eyes go really big. He hasn't really said much this whole time. She's gonna sit down on the bed, grab a pillow, and just scream into it for a couple seconds. Kalesa's a little more put together than she was. Seeing Soren kind of helped her rally yeah. a little bit. So she's actually kind of the first one that bounces back and goes, Um, okay, so, like, I understand if you can't tell us what happened either, but do you have any way to explain what the fuck happened to us tonight? Because I'm wigging the hell out. Yes, give me one moment. Uh, yeah, if he just squeezes the pillow really super tight and then takes a very deep breath, straightens her posture and says, It appears that my brother, instead of accepting how things need to be and instead of accepting consequences for his actions for once in his life, <laughs> has been stoking the fires of a rebellion here and abroad and is attempting a military coup because he just can't handle having one of his toys taken away. Ooh, that... Ugh. Fen actually kind of comes to your defense way faster and goes, that yeah. fucking asshole. Quite. Yes. Kalesa, however, you see, frowns really deeply, like her forehead creases, and she goes, look, I mean, I don't... Uh, apparently I don't have anything close to the whole picture on this, but let's take a breath for a second and think. That that doesn't sound like Leo, doesn't it? I think this entire incident sounds like just the sort of thing that Leo would cook up because he's throwing a temper tantrum. I mean, petty bullshit aside, V, Leo couldn't run a coup on a grocery store. He's plenty ambitious. That's not the problem. The problem is that he's an idiot. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right about that. Where did you hear this? Who told you? My father, your father. Okay. My father knew this? 
It appears so. It appears you were right, as usual, about his d- secret meetings and, and, <sighs> yes, your father knew about this. She just kind of whispers under her breath, I can't believe he wouldn't tell me. And he just puts her head in her hands. Well, what are we gonna do? I mean, somebody tried to kill you. Yes, I'm wildly aware. Kalesa, father is sending every guard in the city after the man that did this. I am going to go on some propaganda tour of the countryside because apparently the people don't find me likable enough to not try to kill me because of an insolent brat that hasn't been here for five years. Holy shit. Okay, well, I mean, I guess I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, Kalesa says and like looks really freaked out by the fact that she doesn't know what to do and Fen actually puts a hand up. Okay, I know what to do because it's my job to know what to do. And what we are going to do is the first thing you're supposed to do in these situations, which is remain calm. Everybody take a breath in. Everybody take a breath out. Okay, Kalesa. And then she looks up, still looking really rattled, and Fen goes, you don't need to know what to do. You are in this by sheer, dumb, shitty luck, okay? We can only reason that no one's after you, right? So... For once in your life, just stay the fuck out of things, and you should be fine, yes? And Kalesa kind of laughs to herself, but looks a little wigged still. And he turns over to Yuffie and goes, And you, no more field trips, can we agree, yes? Yes, yes, I've been thoroughly informed that that's the state of affairs by my father already, Then Number two, as long as I am breathing, nothing is going to happen to you. So you need to just mellow out and tell yourself that if things get bad, okay? I am very aware of that, Then I am not worried. I am fucking pissed. He couldn't just stay gone, could he? No, of course he couldn't. Should have known better. It's just like Leo to ruin things when he is hundreds of miles away. Par for the course, I guess. We should all try to get some rest. Kalesa, are you good on your own? And she very silently, lips pressed together, just nods. And he goes, Fee, I'm going to walk you back to your room, okay? Yes, thank you. And she has gone back into, like, Grand Duchess mode by the time they leave Glessa's room. Stiff posture, very put together, hands firmly clenched in her overskirts. Fee, your door to your room is open when you get back. Fen's hand goes down to his axe, and he mm-hmm. kind of takes point into the room. And you see that your double doors out to your balcony are also open. Your father is standing out there. Fee had taken her wand out as she stepped through the door, and just very calmly... Puts it back. If possible, straightens her posture more. Just very stiff. Father, uh, good evening. Yes. Uh, Fen, can you leave us? You're okay? I am fine. He ducks about you and makes a deeper bow to your father and kind of backs out of the room. Your father is kind of leaning on the railing of the balcony with his forearms, just watching the lake in the distance and kind of nods next to him for you to come stand there. I go over. You know, Ferora, I've been thinking. Back to five years ago. There was an investigation launched after your brother left, of course. The findings were too inconclusive to do anything with, much less track him down and prevent all of this. But the one thing I do remember from that report is that Laryl's exit from the city was heralded by evidence of magic. 
and I've just been thinking to myself, well, perhaps we've had a seditionist movement on our hands this entire time. We know he wasn't able to get himself out. It seems likely that he had assistance on some on account. Both know they wouldn't have been prepared enough to orchestrate a successful escape. Well, whoever the person who helped him escape is, I hope that they are aware of the consequences of their actions. If this... <sighs> Ferora, if this goes forward, thousands of Australians will die. Because one person wanted to indulge your brother in one of his temper tantrums. I hope that when that person tries to rest at night, they understand the consequences. Try to rest as well as you can. And he breezes past you and leaves your room. The goes over and locks her bedroom door. And then she goes and sits on her bed and grabs a pillow and just has a fucking panic attack. And we leave on that with the camera yeah. kind of zooming out through the balcony door of Fee just like shuddering in the center yeah. of her bed. And that is where we end this session. Woo. So, yeah, um, things are getting very real really quickly. See you guys next time on Compelled Duel. Uh. <laughs> just dropping by to do some housekeeping stuff here at the end of the episode. I know we've been plugging our social media for the past couple episodes. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, and TikTok at Compelled Duel. We are also on TikTok at Compelled Duel Audios. We have an official Discord that you can join that's linked on our Twitter or our Tumblr. So we hope to see all of you around the social media channels. We do track the hashtags Compelled Duel Pod and Compelled Duel. But right now, the most important thing, if you're enjoying the podcast, that you all can do to help us out is tell three friends about it. We're not doing any type of paid advertising or anything to get ourselves out there. So word of mouth is really all we have right now. So if you're enjoying the podcast, if you could just tell three friends about it, and if they enjoy it, tell them to tell three friends. Additionally, if you'd like to help us out, we are on Apple Podcasts. If you could drop us a rating and a review on there, that will help us get promoted and grow our audience as well. We are also on Patreon. If you head over to patreon.com slash compelledduel, you can find a lot of cool perks that you can get starting at just $2 a month. Thank you this week to our VIP patrons, Peculiar Wizard, The Heart Road, Lizette, and Nisha. Next episode is going to be dropping on Christmas Day, so December 25th, and before then, at some point in, like, maybe the week leading up to that, we will have a patron-exclusive bonus episode coming out, uh, featuring my wife, Chelsea, guest-starring as Kalesa Petrus. So I don't think you guys are going to want to miss that, so head over to the Patreon and see if you can get yourself some access to that. All right, take care, everybody. See you in two weeks.